Welcome to the Fit Money Podcast, where we'll discuss something we all need through our entire life, financial literacy, but also asking the tough questions. Why aren't students learning it? Financial literacy is more than the math and a behavior we'll need beyond the classroom. So we're learning how we can help students, families, and teachers build a new generation of financially fit students everywhere. On this episode, Fit Money Executive Director Jessica Pelletier meets with Juhi Duan, a Senior Managing Director and Global Macro Analyst at Wellington Management. Together, they discuss the concerns families may have as they watch global economics evolve, what those families should know about building financially fit futures for every member of the family, and Juhi's experience as a woman in finance, watching career opportunities grow for greater diversity in the financial world. Hi, Juhi. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to be with you, Jessica. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I love that we have shared some of the commonality of really excited uh, about financial literacy. And you bring a really great perspective with a, a real global um, kind of perspective about the economy. So if we could touch on that a little bit today. Obviously, the news, there's a lot about you know inflation and banks and, and whatnot. Can you talk about how you look at the global market and, and the news and what's happening and how that might actually affect families today? Sure. It, it sometimes really can be quite overwhelming as you are sitting in front of your TV or social media and you keep hearing sound bites that seem increasingly worrisome. So I like to stick, stick to some basic principles as a, as a parent and as someone who runs my own household that I'm happy to share, which is I really start by thinking about, you know, what am I spending right now? What is my income? Am I needing everything that my basic necessities are they being met? Am I being forced to think about credit? Um, should I be saving for some event? Really thinking about my budget is the number one way that I can be on a steady path irrespective of what's happening in around us. And I think that's one way that I found for myself personally, this is not financial advice, but just what I, what's worked for me personally, is just really thinking through, you know, am I allowing for unexpected events? If something were to take a turn for the worse, is there a way for me to make that happen? And I realize that everyone is not fortunate enough to, you know, be able to save always for the future. But to the extent that you can, being cognizant of kind of what that cash flow looks like between what you're getting in and what you're putting out really can make a difference. And if you are in debt, being very, really aware of what that cost of debt is, is there a way for you to think about how you could bring it down? Things of that nature, I think, can really make a difference for every family, no matter what you're hearing in the news. We look at financial literacy, me personally, as almost a kind of resiliency. I think you have been in the financial industry for a, quite a, a long time. Um, and you've probably seen really great highs in the market and really great lows. And I think cyclically, that is just going to keep happening to us. And and so being able to, I love what you just said about kind of saving for the, the rainy day fund, so to speak. Um, and, and it is 
it is a little scary that there there are so many families out there that that are not prepared for that kind of emergency. We are seeing some potential, you know, future recession. There's words of that in the news. When you see that, do you think that there's a way to translate that to families to make them a little bit more encouraged to to create that rainy day fund? Yeah, so there's a nerdy concept in economics called the misery index. And the misery index looks at what is the unemployment rate in the economy and what is the inflation rate. And why do we look at it? Like, we economists can be pretty out there, I I freely admit. But the idea really encapsulates something which is true to most families, which is if the inflation rate is high, it's eating into what you can buy with the same income, right? If you could buy for $100 of groceries, now you need to pay $200. Well, then that means you have to forego something else, right? So that inflation rate gives us a good sense of what's going on or how tough it can be. Similarly, when people fear a recession, it can be that the unemployment rate is going to go up, i.e. you can be more concerned about job prospects in the future. So I try to say to most folks, keeping it simple, keep an eye out on those two things. They're, they're in the news. But they should kind of raise a little flag for you as a family to say, you know, let me be a little bit more cognizant of what am I spending on? Is there an area where I can do without? Is there something I can pull back on to create that rainy day fund so that if something were to happen, I have built in a nest egg that I can fall back on, which can help me through those tough times. Again, I understand it's not possible for everyone, but often if you kind of put your mind on it and you're really watching how you're spending and how how much income is coming and you kind of have made an intent to save, sometimes you are able to put a little aside. I think some people think that financial literacy is something that was really either kind of an added on benefit or perhaps it was an elective in school and and so unfortunately it's not something that really was given to such a large audience you know we at fit money are certainly trying to change that among many others and and are supported by many organizations that believe that as well you know do you have thoughts on how society can really do a better job basically of reaching the everyday person out there to to say exactly what you just said cuz i do think a lot of it is common sense, but you're right. Money is so personal. It can be very cultural and and was really seen as taboo to talk about for such a long time. You're coming up on a topic that's almost like a pet peeve of mine, which is, you know, we, we send our kids to school, we send them to college if we're so fortunate, and it's always with this idea of getting them to a good job and incomes to the future. But I often feel a financial literacy class should be mandatory. (laughs) And I really believe that because I think teaching every child the value of how do you budget? What does it mean to save? How do you think about planning for the future? What kind of unexpected ways you can make these changes, I think, really can make a difference for people. So I'm personally very encouraged by the fact that more and more colleges and even some schools 
are starting to use organizations like yourself or other organizations to really uh, encourage, you know, students who might not be interested in finance or economics, but still would benefit from understanding how to balance a checkbook. I know checkbook is an old-fashioned word, but it really is this idea of learning some basic skills of financial literacy that can, you know, take them a long way. So in today's modern world, I say sign up for newsletters, sign up in social media, look for podcasts. Um, again, if you are in college or if you're, you know, parent thinking about it, there are lots of programs today out there that are really trying to ensure that this is not an exclusive benefit for those who study economics or finance, but something available to everyone so that you can really make sound decisions for the future. This is why you're such a great guest. And we were so excited to have you today because you share that same passion. And that is exactly why we do what we do every day, because we believe that financial literacy is for everyone. It isn't just an add-on because it really does make a difference. And and it sets you up for, uh, you know, a, a lifelong, you know, hopefully success and being able to, to make more uh, empowered decisions. But another reason, um, we're just coming to a close of Financial Literacy Month at the end of April. Um, and we've been having some great conversations about just that. Um, but we're entering a new month of Asian Heritage Month, which I know is also kind of near and dear to your heart. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your own experience. Um, You are a a female in a financial role, which I think for a long time was thought of as, you know, not as open and available to to women. Talk a little bit about your experience, if you would. You're right. Um, I'm an immigrant into this country and ended up in doing a PhD in economics. I was the only woman in my class that year, which tells you a little bit of some of the barriers that existed at the time, if you will. And um, in my early years in uh, in the financial world, often felt like there were fewer women than I would personally like to see. So it is true that there have it it has seemingly been a tougher um, venue for minorities for women. And from my perspective, I guess I'd share a few thoughts. One, I would say to anyone thinking about it, do it, try it. You might be surprised and surprise yourself uh, just how amazing opportunities can come your way if you really try to take a chance and believe in yourself. I know it's not easy. I'm not saying I, I don't want to sugarcoat it and tell you, you know, it's it's a piece of cake. But I do want to say that the number of opportunities continues to grow. And I, you know, I know and I've been very, very blessed to have had a wonderful career in this industry and today take a lot of pride in opening doors for others. And I think there are many people today who are trying to do the same thing. My male colleagues, as well as my female counterparts, both working hard to ensure that there's more equity, more diversity, and a lot more opportunity for young people to consider this a field that they can really lean into and hopefully help others along the way in having a good career. I love that. I think there are so many opportunities for for all um, and more so than than you might think as finance continues to evolve and, and really grow. I think, you know, when I was younger, the the thought that, well, you could maybe go work at a bank and be a bank teller and 
or be an accountant and that was it. And now there's just so many wonderful opportunities in finance. What are some great ways for people to learn about all the different careers that are out there if they're interested in either economics or even just, you know, finance and investing? The first one is just be a little interested. Pick up a financial newspaper or, you know, subscribe to some of these newsletters that are available online. There are amazing podcasts available. So there's so much more economic and financial news available today. Just you don't need to spend a lot of money for it. You can still develop your interest and and really try it out. I, I know of so many people who are just scared, maybe too strong a word, but just uh, apprehensive of really giving themselves the chance of trying it out and finding out what an amazing career and how diverse the opportunities that is. I can definitely say that uh, there are lots of programs that we are affiliated with uh, in the industry that try to make a difference, young women in investing. There's, you know, 100 Women in Finance. There's, um, I'm affiliated with the National Association for Business Economics. Um, We have, you know, a foundation there that tries to help kids who are just starting out in their careers, offering them scholarships, giving them opportunities to come to conferences. So I think the number of opportunities, if you really start to look for them, are quite a bit more than they used to be. Give yourself that chance. Try out something that maybe you've never given yourself, the, you know, thinking, oh, I can't do that. And try saying, I can do that. And, and maybe that, that's the stepping stone to something marvelous that comes your way. One of the things that I've noticed in several of our conversations um, with with guests and, and even just a lot of great organizations out there is we are encouraging that kind of career exploration at a much younger age. And so I am seeing, you know, it's not just kind of the junior or senior that we're asking, okay, now what do you want to really explore and do? But we're asking the sixth grader, the seventh grader to think about kind of their their purpose in life and what do they really enjoy which is exciting, uh, and I'm hoping that that does open up more opportunities, especially in, in finance and, and all the many, many ways. Kind of thinking about that and maybe even kind of addressing back to the beginning of our conversation about families and, and parents specifically, you know, Fit Money believes passionately that financial literacy should be in the classroom, every classroom, just like you said. But we also recognize that parents you know, do play a, a really big role in, in that early education. If you could talk to kind of a room full of parents today, whether they're the, the really young kind of elementary or, or middle school age kids, you know, what would you say to really excite them and, and make them feel comfortable talking about money? So lots of ways to do this. I'm going to just share with you what I've done as a parent myself and where I found it has actually yielded results, which you know, I might have poo-pooed in the past, but they were, they're in front of me, so I, I'll just share them with you, and hopefully they might work for you. Um, open a bank account for, for your kids early. It's, it really does wonders when uh, they feel like, wow, that's in my name. And, um, you know, you start to show them and say, here's the checking account interest, and here's the savings account interest, and look, there's a difference. So just making them aware of understanding how how can you generate an income on your savings is a concept that I try to get my kids to be involved in. 
some of the other things that I've found which have been really remarkable because we are now in a digital age, there's mobile banking, there are all these other concepts. I found it really, it was helpful to get my kids to also understand the importance of cybersecurity and to understand how important it is to keep your identity uh, sacred and not share it broadly because often with young people, that's, you know, sure, that can be something that they're, they're, if you will, quite easy with. And again, by showing them, um, when, when my kids took on a job, you know, their checks would go in electronically into their bank accounts and letting them see that and letting them understand how that plays its way through, but also making them understand that if they wanted things, you know, if their list of asks was long, sometimes I would say to them, so tell me again, what would happen if you have to take on debt? So just introducing your kids to concepts like credit, like income, like saving can really make a difference in how they think about some things in the future that, to be honest, they've surprised me in how they got more interested in it than I would have thought when I first, you know, sort of said to them, hey, let's go open that bank account and kind of see what, what comes from it. Um, I feel like they're they're at a better place today for that. Uh, I can tell you that the conversation, if, if you can and if you have any, um, you know, interest yourself talking about what's happening in the economy or in, it, it can be a great way to make them aware of changes that might come in front of you as a family. And I think that creates resilience in them. So I, I really am a proponent as a parent of sort of starting the kids on that path of awareness of, you know, really understanding income and savings and, and, and debt, because that can be later in life, understanding all of that can hopefully make them make really sound decisions in the future. I love that. I think, you know, so much of what I heard is, is just the awareness of, of all of the things and all the decisions that, you know, adults have to make and that they will eventually make and, and not, not being, making it scary uh, and addressing it um, starting at a young age. I think that's so important. That's, that's what uh, we firmly believe um, in, in all the work we do. And especially, in, and you probably see this, you know, more so than anyone, it's such a cashless society today. Um, as you said earlier, with certainly understanding kind of cybersecurity is, you know, kids even at a young age are using Venmo and PayPal and, and they're not really seeing the dollars anymore. So perhaps to them, it's not really registering that this still has value and this is important for me to, you know, protect and secure and, and hopefully grow with those uh, savings account and whatnot. Um, so I think it's so important for us as, as parents and caregivers and even educators to to put that out there and, and affirm that, you know, regardless of the nickel, the dollar, the, you know, the, the PayPal, you're, it's still valuable and, it, and it's still so important. I completely agree, Jessica. Maybe one other thing that I, I, I'd add to the mosaic, if you will, is that I've also found um, it's been a wonderful way to encourage my kids also to understand and be grateful for what we have and also learn to express generosity from their own 
if you will, small income or small savings. And these are things, again, that I feel, you know, when you start, you might think, oh, come on. But it, it becomes really a part of a very natural conversation in the household, which can hopefully, I hope, will really stand them in good stead as they become, you know, their own household and, and sort of lead their independent lives and and are just resilient, but also make sound decisions and are, in their own way, good citizens in whatever way that we can get them to be. Juhi, I really appreciate talking to you today. Thank you so much for sharing so much and, and all that you do. And I look forward to many great conversations with you in the future. My pleasure, Jessica. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for joining us today on the Fit Money Podcast. Whether you're a caregiver, teacher, or student yourself, there's plenty of great K-12 resources to begin or continue your financial literacy journey at fitmoney.org. Visit the show notes for more from today's guests and financial literacy activities for the classroom, at home, or on the go. We'll see you next time. And until then, happy learning, earning, and saving. The Fit Money Podcast is presented by Fit Money, the leading K-12 financial literacy curriculum, providing free, unbiased financial literacy resources. All opinions, products, and references during the show are not endorsed by Fit Money and are solely opinions of the individual. Fit Money does not claim any responsibility for external resources referenced during the episode. All Fit Money products and episodes are provided for educational purposes and are not professional advice.